So good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to minimize this here. My name is Emily Bothell, and I am the Senior Associate Transportation Planner for the MPO Johnson County. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the MPO, we are a federally mandated transportation planning and programming organization for the county. Uh, we channel federal funding for transportation projects and programs to local entities, and we take part in local planning and programming for um, area roads, transit, and bike and ped facilities. Um, so today, Sarah and I are going to be discussing the Metro Trail Network, um, which will include um, giving you some resources, um, information on recent trail counts we've completed, We'll be discussing um, MPO funding opportunities um, for trail projects, um, touch on things to look forward to, um, trail projects that are um, being planned for the next couple of years. Um, and then we'll uh, take a look at um, some fun things to see along the trail. Um, and Sarah will end with some trail etiquette. So um, with that, we're, we're really interested um, in hearing from you all, whether um, you have questions about the trail network, um, access points, um, whether um, you're interested in knowing about projects that may be coming in the future, um, funding of those projects. So um, please, we encourage you to connect with us. We are on Facebook, um, Instagram, um, and then you can also just send us an email or give us a call if you have any questions in the future. So please um, be in touch if you um, have questions, we'd be happy to help. Um, so the next slide, Um, it shows you a few of um, the resources that um, we have available um, for you. So um, in the uh, far left corner, you can see the Iowa City Metro Area Trails map. Um, so with the help of local entities, this is a map that we produce every year. Um, this map is usually made available in May for Bike Month. Um, and it is free and available at um, your local library, city halls, um, it's available at recreation centers, bike shops. So um, please go out, grab a map, um, take a look. It not only shows um, the current network um, and system that's available, but also any new connections that will be occurring that year. Um, also um, some descriptions about um, our regional trails that extend from one community to another, um, places to park, whether or not there are restrooms and water along the way. So um, it's a great resource, um, very compact, and um, we're always um, looking for any um, information about ways that, that we can update it or um, make it um, easier for you all to access. So um, get in touch with us. Um, we also have um, Facebook and Instagram. It's something that um, you know we've really started this past fall. Um, we're I'm trying to show more videos, photos, um, showing maps of different trails across the area. Um, and you can see a couple there. We have the blue ribbon map, and then I'm not sure what the west side map. Um, it was an ice cream route. Oh, it was an ice cream route. Okay. <laughs> um, and so those uh, maps are currently available on the MPO's um, Trails to Table Challenge page. Um, we will be moving those to another page. Um, but those will be readily available somewhere on the MPO's website. So um, we'll keep those up um, and feel free to use those as you see fit. 
And I was gonna touch on, I didn't see it on the previous slide. We also have um, a Metro bike plan um, and that was recently completed in 2020, I think, or late 2019. Um, and this discusses over um, 60 miles of trails and side path that were established since the 2009 update. Um, it also discusses goals and strategies for each of the um, metro communities. So that is available on our website if you're interested in more long-term planning. Um, moving on to our trail counts here. Um, so we're going to give you just a few um, trail counts that um, we've done this past year in 2020. Um, now we sus suspect that trail usage has been up in 2020 due to COVID-19. Um, people are seeking out our trails as, in health, as a healthy alternative. Um, and so you can see that on the North Liberty Trail at Forever Green Road um, in 2020, we had about 406 um, people access that trail on average over a seven day period. Um, and so you can see it's almost doubled since our 2017 count. Next slide, okay. So the Iowa River Trail at Terry Trueblood Rec area, um, we took two counts at this location, one in the spring of 2020, one in the fall of 2020. Um, and you can see that um, the, the counts have increased substantially. Um, this is a very popular trail. Um, and it's one that we expect to see um, more usage um, into the future. Finally, the Clear Creek Trail at Camp Cardinal Boulevard, if you're familiar with this location there, um, it's just south of 2nd Avenue or Highway 6 in Coralville there. Um, in the spring of 2020, we had about 159 counts, which was a little lower um, than in 2016, but then in the fall, you can see that we had a, a substantial increase again, up to 341. Um, so these counts we do, we try to do every year or every other year, depending on the location. Um, we try to account for things such as whether, um, whether or not um, students, both the University of Iowa and the school district are in session. Um, but of course, there are other factors that may influence these counts. So um, those are things to keep in mind um, when looking at the numbers. Okay, so I'm going to um, discuss um, the role of the MPO um, in our TAP and STBG funding. Um, that is available to local communities. So being designated as an MPO, we are allocated a certain amount of funding every year um, that we in turn distribute to entities based on a competitive grant process. So we have two funding sources, one being the Surface Transportation Block Grant or STBG, you'll hear me use that acronym. Um, and the other is the Transportation Alternatives Program or TAP funding. Um, STBG funds um, can be used for improvements of any roadways, um, bridges, transit capital projects, um, and also bike and ped facilities, whereas the TAP funds um, can only be used for enhancement activities um, that include bike and ped uh, facilities, um, preservation of um, abandoned railroad corridors, um, scenic byway related um, improvements, things of that nature. Um, and so this year, um, this is actually a, a grant cycle for the MPO, and we anticipate having about $7.5 million in STBG funding available, and then about a half a million dollars in TAP funding available for 
um, local entities. Um, this funding is available for fiscal year 25 and 26. And so any projects that are awarded funding um, will not receive that funding until those years, either 25 or 26. So you can see that, um, you know, it's 2021, but we're already um, planning out, um, you know, four or five years into the future. Um, the grant process itself takes approximately six months to complete um, everything from opening the application um, to scoring the grants and then getting them approved. Um, once we receive the applications from local entities, um, as I mentioned, we in turn score those and we score them based on the nine guiding principles, which are shown on the screen here. Um, points are awarded based on how well the project conforms with our guiding principles. Um, and just to give you um, a couple examples, um, health, for example, um, focuses on the extension of trails or um, whether a project is filling a critical gap in the um, trail system, um, whereas equity focuses on ADA compliance, um, whether a project improves um, tra the transportation network in lower income neighborhoods, um, and then they're awarded points um, based on how well they conform to those. Um, so the final scores that are um, received um, for each of the projects are then um, shared with our Regional Trails and Bicycling Committee, our Transportation Technical Advisory Committee, and our Urbanized Policy Board, um, who make the final decision as to um, which project should receive um, funding. Um, and so you can see it, it, it does take um, quite a bit of time, um, and it is um, like I said, four or five years out before um, local communities will receive that funding. Um, and next I'm going to talk about our long range transportation plan. So I'm going to touch on how these projects get listed in the long range transportation plan. Um, and you can see Sarah has um, a couple things up on the screen there. One is the far left um, the roll forward is our um, Metro Area Bicycle Master Plan logo, um, and then we have Iowa City's Bicycle Master Plan, and then the MPO's Long Range Transportation Plan. And so a project receiving STBG or TAP funding must be listed in our Long Range Transportation Plan. Um, our plan is updated every five years. Um, we're currently updating the plan for uh, 2022, so it should be complete in May of 2022. Um, and as a part of that process, entities submit projects they anticipate to be um, completed within our time frame. And so projects from, say, for example, Iowa City's Bike Master Plan, um, uh, Metro Bike Plan, those projects um, can be included in the Long Range Transportation Plan if they are um, submitted by local entities. Um, so local entities are looking out from 2022 to 2050. So again, it's a it's a pretty big horizon that they're um, they're planning out into the future. Um, and these projects that um, end up being included in our long range transportation plan have um, gone through a public input process um, within you know each of the community's own planning um, processes um, for specific plans um, or projects discussions that. Um, may have already taken place. So um, we're really compiling the projects, we're sharing them with the Metro, we're allowing um, residents to um, provide input on those projects, let us know which projects um, they would like to see move forward, um, you know, one over another, for example. And then um, 
these projects um, and public input are shared with um, our committees and our board um, for final consideration. Um, and then they're listed because they, they have to be um, fiscally constrained. So they are um, ranked based on, um, like I said, public input scoring and then um, whether or not um, they, they fall within that fiscally constrained dollar amount. Um, and so I think that's all I have on that. Um, I did want to say that our um, our public input process will begin next week for the long range long range transportation plan. Um, we'll be sending out a survey along with a short video, um, followed by a virtual workshop, which will likely be in March of this year. So, if you're interested in in learning more about the process or if you want to be involved, um, please feel free to reach out, um, and we'd be happy to um, gather your input. So, with that, I'm going to pass it along to Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Walls. I'm an associate planner with the MPO. And we just thought we'd go over some um, projects that um, either were recently completed or will be completed in the near future, things that we think people will be interested in in various parts of the um, metro area. As Emily was saying, um, these projects take a long time to come to fruition. Our trail system, the off-street trail system, really started getting planned in the 80s. and um, you know, has taken a long time to develop out, but we're now nearly um, to a point of completion where we're pushing things out to the very edge of the county um, and, um, and then going back in and improving some things in the interior. That's in terms of the, um, of the off street trails. Um, so things um, that we thought you'd be interested in, I'm gonna sort of discuss those now. Um, Coralville has some interesting projects and one of them is this trail section, and I'm, I'm hoping you can see my, my cursor here pointing out um, back in 2008, that portion of the trail um, of, of, it is a portion of the Iowa River Trail that connects over into Coralville, and it runs right along the Crandick Railroad um, uh, rail line there. Um, that was washed out in the flood, and it's taken all this time to, to get the funding together, to get the design together, um, and Coralville has just recently started working on this. So that's this portion of the trail down here. Um, this received seven, uh, sorry, $613,000 in TAP funding. Um, and it started construction now. What that's gonna allow you to do when you're riding down Rocky Shore Drive, rather than for those folks that were coming out and maybe riding down um, the Second Street Highway 6 um, wide sidewalk, you know that that's, if you've done that before, it's a bit complicated because you really have to pay a lot of attention to traffic that's coming in and out of those driveways. Now you'll be able to bypass that and that'll connect you right through to a trail that runs up to the Iowa River Landing or it'll connect you back over um, and at the Iowa Dam. You can get back into the peninsula and through here. Um, it'll also connect you, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in the next slide, over to the Biscuit Creek Trail and into the Clear Creek Trail. So that's something that's really exciting that we've been waiting for for a long time. Um, and what I was referring to before were, was this is a great um, section that I think not enough people, um, and when I say that, maybe people who aren't as familiar with the trail system or people who are a little bit intimidated by bicycling and don't get out enough, um, 
might not know about some of these connections. So when you come over, whether you're coming down um, Highway 6 or coming through that new trail that's being built, um, you can scoot right under First Avenue. There is um, an underpass under First Avenue right along the creek. That'll take you up to Biscuit Creek. This is an area that I love, these little pools. And you can go north on the Biscuit Creek Trail, or you can come around the pools and loop under, under Highway 6, and then again, under the railroad to connect into the Clear Creek Trail or the Mormon Handcart Trail. So those are really handy. No, and one of our, everybody's favorite feature um, going underneath that uh, Crandick Railroad Bridge is the Rainbow Tunnel. It's a culvert and it's painted with a rainbow. And I don't know why, but it makes you feel really good when you ride through it. So um, that's something to check out. And I think this is a great um, route to take um, if when you when kids are a little bit older, and by that I mean like maybe seven or eight, you know, and are really getting the hang of things, um, a really great thing to do is to go um, maybe start off at City Park where there's lots of parking. Um, jump on the trail there, come out onto Normandy Drive and wind along on the trail. And you can do all of this without having to get out on the street. So um, that's a nice thing. Then another uh, project we're looking forward to is this is in Iowa City. Um, this year, well, I should say just in the last few years, we completed the trail section along Highway 1 from Sunset Street to Mormon Trek. And then you know you can continue on Mormon Trek on that side path or on the bike lanes um, in either direction. There aren't bike lanes on the southern direction, but um, either way you can go. Um, you can also connect into the Willow Creek Trail now. And that um, section, which is from Sunset to Mormon Trek, received um, over $800,000 in TAP funding. This year, um, we're very excited that a portion of the Highway 6 trail over here, this is in far east Iowa City, running from Hines Road to Fair Meadows. Now you might look at that and wonder why we're doing that section and not the contiguous. This is a really important route when we think about that uh, value of equity. Um, this is an important route for getting kids to school. You know, the Southeast Junior High is just to the north there on First Avenue, and then further on, you get to City High. So this is a great route for students to use to get to school. We knew that they were using Fair Meadows. It's also a great way for people to get to work. Um, we've observed over the years that a lot of people are walking on the Highway 6 shoulder um, and riding bikes on the Highway 6 shoulder. People with maybe not enough experience to do that. And so this is very much um, a preferred opportunity to get people where they're going. But um, in the next few years, um, Iowa City is prioritizing this next segment of the Highway 6 Trail then that would run from, um, that would pick up from Fair Meadows um, all the way back um, to Broadway Street. So um, that'll be coming in the next several years, that section. And that'll be, I think that'll be in two phases. Um, something to see along the Highway 6 Trail, we thought we'd just call this out as we've been riding the trails um, this late fall and into the winter. Things that we've looked forward to seeing is the mural on Broadway Street. This is right where the Highway 6 um, Trail comes to an end. It's it, the furthest point east it reaches is right around Broadway Street. 
And this mural, um, they took the backside of a, of a building that really was featureless and turned it into something wonderful. And a lot of people like to ride their bikes down the Highway 6 Trail now and take a selfie out in front of the mural that was, this was put together um, by the neighborhood. The kids came up, um, kids from throughout the neighborhood came up with the ideas and um, an artist was hired to incorporate those ideas into a mural. And then families from throughout the South District um, got to help with the painting of the mural. And another thing, I should, I'm gonna go back to that trail to show you where this is, the star at Kiwanis Park. This is off the Highway 1 trail. You can take um, the um, Willow Creek Drive to connect into the Willow um, Creek, the Willow Creek Trail. And that'll take you first to Kiwanis Park and then to Willow Creek Park. And I have to confess that um, I hadn't um, ridden this section of the trail before. I've been to Willow Creek Park before, but hadn't really been through the whole thing. It is a wonderful trail. And it's great now that um, the entire community is connected to it. And for myself, um, I don't have a kid that's young enough to play in the park anymore, but I was really excited about Kiwanis Park. It's um, the playground at Kiwanis Park is unlike any other playground in Iowa City. Um, it's all about crawling over rocks and through culverts and it's hidden in a little burn. And um, I can't say it was crawling with kids because this is during COVID, but there were quite a few kids there and they were having a really good time. And I know if I were a kid, I would love it too. So if you're somebody who's got kids or grandkids and you're looking for some fresh air this spring, um, check out that park because um, it's really special. Then if we uh, look a little bit further north um, in the Metro over the next few years um, in 2024 along North Liberty Road, um, that is going to have a side path. That's when I say side path, that's a trail that runs with um, the street right of way. So it parallels the street and that we anticipate that new neighborhoods are gonna be developing there because of the new schools in North Liberty and that'll help people get to Liberty High School. And so I know North Liberty is very excited about that. And they were um, granted over $600,000 in TAP funding for that. And then of course the Clear Creek Trail is something that everybody's very excited about. What I'm showing you here is the far Western part of the Clear Creek Trail or West Central part. Um, right now the um, trail terminates in the west edge at the Creekside Cross, which is just um, southeast of the 8380 corridor. And Coralville has all of their funding in place. It was it's a lot of funding. Um, this has come in two phases, but the next phase is to get under um, 80 and 380 and connect up with the continuation of the trail in Tiffin. And this is all hinging on um, uh, the progress of that interchange that we've all been watching. Um, and to put that in perspective, Emily, correct me if I'm wrong, that interchange is a $400 million project, basically, if I'm correct. And so that sort of puts the money into perspective um, in terms of trails and, and roads. So that trail will connect in 2024-25, will connect under the interstates and connect up with the Tiffin Trail, which is then um, putting in its own connection um, in this area um, to connect with the trail that runs, the next portion of the trail that runs along the creek and continues out to Kent Park. 
And so if we look at the entire trail with Kent Park being at the far west edge and here um, at the southeast end, we're around the graduate housing um, that's along Mormon Trek Boulevard and then up into the Biscuit Creek area that I showed you before. Um, that's the entire um, length of the trail. And so you can see that's really going to take people a long way. I also marked on here, you know, that this trail has connection um, also into the North Ridge and then North Liberty Trail. So from this, you could connect all the way up to the edge of the county. Um, and also coming this, uh, this year, I believe, or uh, 2022, there'll be a trail um, or a side path connection from Coralville to um, the Clear Creek Trail. And again, there's another map of the Clear Creek Trail with some information on how long this project has taken and the many phases that are involved. And we had a couple of weeks ago, we had on Sherry Proud and Alex Bumeyer from Coralville who talked a lot about the features along the trail, the um, single track and cyclocross courses that um, you can access from this trail. And we're gonna have that um, video up and available. So if you haven't already liked the MPO, on um, Facebook or Instagram, do that because we'll get you the connection so you can see the, that video if you haven't already seen it because it was very interesting. They've done some pretty spectacular stuff with that trail. And then going even further north, um, this is the connection that will lead you out of the county. It's hard to fit the entire um, North Dubuque Street or Iowa River Corridor Trail on a map that, that we can show you on your computer screen. But this is showing you the segment um, from Solon to um, the edge of the county connecting into Lynn County. Um, that trail section is now, I believe, complete. And um, that will allow you, there's, um, so if you're riding from Mahaffey Bridge to Solon, there's portions that, that where you'll have to ride on street, on shoulder, um, and then you'll connect back up with the trail in Solon. And then that will guide you up to Lynn County where you can connect with the, um, the Cedar Valley Nature Trail. And that goes all the way into, um, into Coralville, into Cedar Rapids, and then connects on to Waterloo. So you can go for a really long bike ride. And um, I know that a lot of people are excited about this because this, along with um, the Clear Creek Trail connecting out to Kent Park and beyond, um, are really opportunities for bicycle tourism. You know, these are things that people can head into Johnson County um, for a long weekend and, and ride these trails um, and enjoy everything there is to enjoy about our neighborhood. Um, I'm just gonna touch on trail etiquette. We do have on um, the website, we have, um, the snowplow map available on the MPO website if you're interested in that. Um, because of COVID, um, most of our communities are uh, plowing more trails than they have in the past um, to allow you to get outside and enjoy the outdoors more. And we got a lot of snow last night. So the city of Coralville is also grooming um, fat tire bike trails and cross country and snowshoeing along the Clear Creek Trail. Um, and in other areas of Coralville. And so um, etiquette, um, we know um, oh, it, it's just like it is anywhere. Always ride to the right pass on the left, watch your speed, yield to pedestrians, 
alert people before you're passing. And, and also when you're going through areas where there are, um, are blind turns or some of those underpasses, it's nice to ding your bell before you enter those. But there's another set of etiquette for this time of year with the fat tire um, bike riding and cross country skiing. And for those of you who don't participate in those activities, the main thing is we have such a short season of snow in Iowa City and the folks that do these activities really look forward to them all year long. And so please, um, these trail sections are marked, but even in, in areas where they're not marked, for example, I know people cross country ski um, in Hickory Hill Park, they cross country ski in uh, Willow Creek Park, and I think out in, even out in Windsor Ridge. So when you see um, areas where people have made a trail for cross-country skiing, um, please avoid that area that's you and your dog. I had a conversation with somebody last week at, who was walking and she was avoiding the trail, but her, you know, her small 10 pound dog was not. And you know, it really removes some of the pleasure. So um, we want everybody to have a good time in the trails and the folks that participate in winter sports have waited so patiently for snow and they finally have some good snow. So let's preserve it for them. Um, finally, um, before we start taking questions, I just want to say um, we've been taking pictures along the trails. We hope to continue this um, throughout the year, but um, if you've been taking pictures along the trail, part of this Trails to Table Challenge um, is about encouraging people to get out on trails. So we hope that you'll take pictures of your trips out on the trails and that you'll post them to social media with the hashtag trails to the number two table. Um, we're sort of using those to track where people are going and to inform some things that we're gonna be doing in the future. So I don't have any more um, maps up, but um, I can stop my screen share now. And um, if I know how to do that. And if you guys have questions, um, we're more than happy. I can pull up uh, maps if that's useful. I'm trying to figure out how I, oh, there it is, sorry. And I'm adding links to the chat box, uh, the MPO website, the Trails to Table page, um, and then the donation link for your information. Um, our handle for Instagram is at MPO underscore JC. So please uh, find us and like us. And what we've tried to do with the mapping that we've done over the winter is we've tried to pick out some routes that work for um, both folks who are bicycling and people who are running or walking. So we usually have tried to pick out, pick out things where there are options for you to go far. You know, bicyclists most want to go at least six miles and then longer. Um, and so we've picked out a range of, of, of longer routes. You know, some are, I think the longest we've done is 12, um, but there are options within those maps to go shorter distances. And we've covered every um, part of the Metro. So if there's something interesting, um, uh, an area that you'd like to be riding in, if you go to the MPO page and you scroll down to that lower left corner and click on trails to table, it's at the very bottom in the lower left, um, it'll bring up all the maps that we've done this winter. And again, as Emily said, um, in a few weeks, 
we'll migrate those over to another page and then we'll put out on Instagram and our Facebook where you can find those on our page. And by all means, if there's things that, if there are things that you are looking for or routes to do certain things, please let us know because there might be other people that want to know too. And if we have time, um, we'll try to make maps of those routes and provide them for you. Do we have any questions? I'm not seeing any. I'm not seeing in, any in the chat or the Q&A. So um, to follow up on some things that Emily talked about for folks who are interested in where the, the ideas for the trails come from, again, they come from those documents, um, the Metro Trails Plan and the Iowa City Bicycle um, Master Plan. And those um, included a lot of citizen, of, of resident input. Um, so people talked about the, the the places where they were having difficulty crossing or the trail connections that were uh, missing. And then it's a matter of each community prioritizing. So um, for example, with the trails or what I, we call side paths that run along the streets, those will come into play as streets are reconstructed or extended. That's when we'll get those. The same is true for those. Um, we're starting to see more of those underpasses that get you around roads. So the ones that I showed you near Biscuit Creek. And then um, if you're in Iowa City, um, you know that the Iowa River Corridor Trail runs under the Park Road Bridge. It runs under um, uh, McAllister and um, under Highway 6. And some of those opportunities come up as those bridges are rebuilt. So, you know, we've got that nice new Park Road Bridge and now there's a really great underpass that runs under that. And um, other improvements have happened along, for example, um, 965 to the north has a connection um, near Holiday Road that will, that will get you under 965, which is, you know, feels a bit daunting to cross and will connect you with the side path that runs north on 965 or um, there are side paths that run into that commercial area to um, just north of the interstate. I'm not seeing anything else, Sarah. Okay. Well, maybe people are shy about their questions, but um, I do um, hope that- um, and There's one. Um, by 2025, will, will the trail system run from West Branch to the Amanas? That's outside our area. So I don't know. We are, I know that, um, Brad Friedhoff talked a little bit about connections along um, from West Branch mm -hmm. and, and connections from Kent Park to the Amanas. I don't think those will take place by 2025, um, but they are, they are being planned and being planned is essential to getting them funded, to getting funding through um, various, you know, that would fall outside of our TAP funding, but there are other funds available, but they have to be, you know, they have to get planned and be part of a plan. So um, Brad was with us, what, three weeks ago yeah. to talk about planning in the county, and we will have his video up uh, later today, and we'll um, provide links to it if you're following us on um, Facebook or Instagram. Okay, 
And if you're interested in knowing more about the timeline, um, you can always reach out to Brad Friedhoff with Johnson County Conservation, um, and he'd be happy to provide any information he has. I think that's it. Thanks, Pat. Patricia. Um, yeah, I think that's all we have. Um, again, we're really interested uh, in hearing from you. So um, if you go to our MPO page, you can get um, my email or Emily's email. You can also, you know, if you post a comment to our Facebook or Instagram, we'll respond to you um, anytime um, you have questions about the trails, trail funding, when things are coming along, when things are gonna be improved. Um, we're more, um, than happy to answer those questions. And again, um, if there are things that you are not finding in our mapping that you would like for us to provide, we'd really love to hear about that as well. And if not, um, I guess I would say one more thing before you go. If you have been enjoying these um, Zooms, um, this is the last one um, that we'll be doing as part of the Trails to Table program. We may occasionally do some Zooms in the future, like around the time of bike month or um, as projects are coming along. But um, this was really done um, in part to uh, address a couple of things that are, that are going on to COVID. And I've, uh, with regard to COVID, we talked about getting outdoors and using the trails. But the other thing is um, our food banks, we're raising money for the food banks. So if you've been enjoying these, I know a lot of people like myself got my uh, stimulus check. I hope you'll consider donating um, to the local food banks and you can do that by going to the Community Foundation um, of Johnson County, cfjc.org and look for the Trails to Table link and you can donate there and they will take your donation and divide it between our three local food banks, North Liberty, Coralville, and Iowa City. And I hope you'll do that because that need will continue for some time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.